It's great to be here with you for the last service of 2023. Hard to believe that we're already at the end of this year. I keep telling our young adult class, I feel like every year just goes by quicker. And I know some of you are saying, just wait. Uh, but with Paisley having come along now, and it's just time just flies by these days. Um, and 2023 was so fast. And with each new year, we see New Year's resolutions. Right, every year, literally millions of people, maybe billions of people, make New Year's resolutions to uh, exercise more, uh, eat a healthier diet, uh, save more money. Somebody say amen. Oh, okay, I thought somebody said amen. Um, you know, there's a bunch of different things that we, we may have these, these resolutions, things that we want to do in the new year, right? And I'm sure you've heard the, the stats <clears throat> that... Just within a couple of weeks, or like two or three weeks, most New Year's resolutions have been abandoned. You know, it's like you, you, you get into it for a couple weeks and it just, it just kind of fades. And there's, there's several reasons for that. I think people may have a lack of motivation. People, the newness of things kind of wear off on people. They don't have support in their resolution. And so we just kind of drop it. And I think that's interesting because... The, the definition, according to Oxford languages, of a resolution is a firm decision to do or not to do something. A firm decision to do or not to do something. Like if we resolve to do something, we are determining, we are choosing for sure that we're going to do this. But with a lot of the New Year's resolutions we make, they, they're, they're not that firm, really. It's just kind of you know, something we, we may intend to do, but it drops pretty quickly. Still, I think it's a, a great thing that people do New Year's resolutions or make these resolutions because when you think about what a New Year's resolution is, it's really something you're putting into place in your life to be better. That's really what a New Year's resolution is for. You're trying to lead a healthier lifestyle, style, be a better person, and so on and so forth. That's really what it's all about. And when you think about it from that perspective, I think it fits with, with Christianity because we're all about growth. We're all about being better. Now, our focus is, in particular, particular being better for the Lord, growing for God, and each year growing for Him and being better for Him and for others. And so with that in mind, I want to point to six New Year's resolutions for 2024. And you may be thinking, why six? 24 was too many. Um, so I added two and four together to make six. So I, I'm, I'm sparing you a little bit here tonight. So six resolutions for 2024. I also want to say this, though, before we get into these. If there's a change that we need to make in our lives, we don't have to wait until the new year. Right? I think maybe some people, they're like, get into their New Year's resolution, and it's like, well, I've I, I left it behind, you know. So I'll just have to wait till next year until I get the motivation. But folks, if we need to make changes in our lives, which inevitably we will need to make changes, we need to do it. If there's areas for growth, we need to pursue those areas of growth and become better for the Lord, most importantly. So with that in mind, let's look at six New Year's resolutions for 2024. Number one, read the Bible every single day. Read the Bible every single day. The psalmist says in Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 
Folks, the Bible is our guide. It illuminates the path for us. It literally is the light for us to, to guide us in this way of life. Here's the thing. If we're not in the word, then it's not our guide. It's not the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. We have to be in the word for it to be that light for us. And if we are in the word, it, it will guide us. It will direct us. It tells us how to live. It tells us to be, be more like God. Jesus says in Matthew 4, 4, he's actually quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8 here. Satan has tempted him and he says this. He answered Satan and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Not on bread alone, but on the word of God. Folks, how many of us go a single day without eating or drinking something? You know, this year, I, I, I mean, maybe every day of my life, I don't think there's been a day where I haven't eaten some food or drank some type of something for physical sustenance, right? How often do we go without spiritual food? How often do we go without taking in the word of God and feeding our, our souls? Do, do we go days, do we go weeks, do we go months without it? And we would never starve ourselves spirit, uh, physically, but sometimes we're starving ourselves spiritually. And what we're doing here tonight is very good for, for us and our spiritual lives. But we need to be putting things in place outside of, of our meeting times too. Because just think about it, if you're only eating two days a week, you're going you're to be pretty weak. You're not going to be feeding yourself enough to sustain yourself. And it's the same way spiritually. If we're not feeding ourselves by getting into God's word, feasting on the bread here that's found from, from God, then we're starving ourselves spiritually. And so we, we need to put into practice a, a routine of reading the Bible every single day, getting into the word and, and feeding ourselves spiritually. And when we do that, we will find that we are growing. Now, notice I, I want to say the resolution is not read the entire Bible in a year. There's a lot of that that goes on during this time, and that's a great goal. If you can read the Bible in a, in a year or less, that's awesome. By the way, I think that's only three and a half to four chapters a day to read the Bible in an entire year. But uh, I, I wanted to focus more on setting a routine of daily Bible reading. And everybody, we have different study habits. Some have commentary. Some are writing notes as they uh, re read along. Some are reading study Bibles. And so we have different study habits. We read in different paces. And so you may not get through it in a year. But that's okay as long as we're getting into the Word. And we have that daily time hearing from God. Hearing what He has to say here in His Word. So this is going to take some effort to find the time every day to, to sit down and read and, and to, to learn what God has to say here in the scriptures. It's so very important to feed ourselves spiritually. And I think this is a great goal for us to set, to read the Bible every single day. Uh, 365 days. If it's a leap year, I guess 366. I really don't know. But um, read it every single day. That's the first uh, resolution. Number two, well, I do want to say this, by the way, before I move. A really good place to start if you're maybe struggling with this, like, where do I start reading? Of course, Genesis is a great spot because it's the beginning. It's a book of beginnings. But I also think the Gospel of Mark is a really good place to start because it's 
really fast-paced. It gets into the ministry of Jesus very quickly. And it's a, it's a really, uh, the shortest of the Gospels, and it's a really fast-paced book. And I think that's a really good place to start as well. If you're struggling for, for where do I need to go, Genesis and Mark, I think, are two great places. But really anywhere is a great place to start. So starting tomorrow, let's read the Bible every day next year. Number two, pray every single day. Pray every single day. Now, I know what you're thinking. This is so cliche. Read the Bible and pray. Come on now. This is so very important, though, to be reading the Bible and praying every day. In fact, Teresa Gallagher and the other ladies who help with the, the young ones, our little ones, you know, tod- uh, not toddlers, but like ones and one-year-olds and so on, they sing this song, read your Bible and pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. And we sing, we sing that at home, and I think Noah may be even hearing me right now say that. It's true. If you're reading your Bible and you're praying every day, you will grow. That's the truth. And I'm glad we're instilling that in our little ones from the time they're just like newborns all the way up. That if you read your Bible and you pray every day, you are going to grow. Think about it. How do you get to know somebody? Isn't it communication? And we hear from God by reading his word. And God hears from us when we pray to him. We're communicating. And so praying every day, it's so very important to go to God in prayer. Um, Look at a a couple of of passages here. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Or pray continually. In everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In everything we need to be praying. Pray without ceasing. All the time. Now, Obviously, that's not 24-7, 365. We can't, we're not praying right now. But I think it's pretty clear that our lives should be characterized by prayer. This should be something that we normally turn to, that we're normally going to. It should be a way of life for us to go to God. I think about Daniel. We've been going over Daniel in the men's class. And it's just we've just finished that study. But in chapter 6, he's thrown in the lion's den because he's caught praying. And the text says that Daniel prayed three times a day. He clearly had a routine of going to God multiple times a day. Now, do we know how long it was that he was there? No, but I'm willing to to guess that it was a, a pretty good time of prayer. Three times a day, maybe morning, noon, and night. But that's such an amazing routine. And we would do well to follow Daniel's example and what Paul says here, to pray without ceasing. Also, like David referenced this passage this morning, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, in everything by prayer and supplication. When Paul says, in everything by prayer and supplication, and pray without ceasing, doesn't that sound like we should be in prayer a lot? Pray without ceasing, in everything by prayer. This should be a way of life for us as Christians to be going to God all the time. And it's so very important because, number one, God says to. The Bible says to to pray, so we should be doing it. But also, God wants to hear from his children. And we should want to go to our Father. And then, of course, God answers prayers, right? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Are we asking? Are we seeking? Are we knocking? That's why we pray for people like Sheila Hudson, people like the Richardsons who've lost loved ones, 
because we believe God will help them, will, will move and, and do something because of our prayers to him. And so it's so very important to be going to God in prayer, communicating with him regularly. And it doesn't always have to be something where you're on your hands and knees and it could be driving down the road. It could be walking down the hall and you say a prayer to God. Well, let's make an effort this year to pray every single day. Make a habit. And again, it may take some effort to, to start that routine to read and pray every day. Next, number three, bring one lost soul to Christ this year. Bring one lost soul to Christ this year. We know this passage, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. We call it the Great Commission. Uh, Jesus, these are some of his final words here to his apostles. He says, uh, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded, commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I've heard it said, this is not the great suggestion. It's the great commission. In other words, Jesus isn't saying, if you want to, then you should go. And, and if you have time, then you can do it. It's no, go and make disciples of all nations and teach them all that I've commanded you. We need to be discipling people. And so this year, I want us, each of us, to focus on bringing just one lost soul to Christ. Now, obviously, we have more opportunities than that. And we should take those opportunities, every opportunity we get, we should take to say something about Jesus, to, to reach people for Jesus. But what I'm trying to get us to, fo to focus on is really thinking about one person that we can reach for Jesus Christ. And folks, it's not just let's, let's baptize them and be done. No, let's, let's, let's baptize them, but then let's continue to teach them and help them grow to become fully, full followers of Jesus Christ, disciples. And so this year, and I think this is something that probably many of us are afraid of, is my guess. We're afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of uncomfortable situations, talking to someone about Jesus. Or we're afraid of, of what they might say. Or we're afraid that we don't have all the knowledge to, to adequately bring someone to Christ. But let me tell you something. You do. You can do this. And I want to highlight what it says at the end, what Jesus says at the end. I am with you always even to the end of the age. And Paul says in, in Romans 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? Right, we've got the Lord on our side, and with him we can do it. We can reach our neighbors. We can reach our family members that don't know Christ or who have walked away. We can, we can talk to others, and maybe it's going to be uncomfortable at first. But this is what Jesus Christ has called us to do, to tell others about him, about the good news that there is saving grace in him and him alone we need to be telling others bringing that just just focus on one person to start we got to start somewhere right and so my challenge is to for everybody this year to think about one person maybe it's a neighbor maybe it's a family member maybe it's a friend or a co-worker and try to bring that person to Christ this year you know sometimes I think we we, we kind of think we have to maybe like preach a sermon or, you know, go up to somebody and say, hey, we, do you want to have a Bible study with me? When in reality, if, that, if you want to do that, try it out. Go ahead. But in reality, we can get to know somebody and along the way bring them to Christ. Have those conversations about Jesus with them. And as we're going, 
teach them the, the, the Bible. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, the, the door knocking thing, just kind of the cold turkey approach. Sometimes it does work, but in many cases that, that doesn't. It doesn't appeal to a lot of people for whatever reason these days. So if you get to know somebody and you build that relationship with them and you start talking about Jesus and, and, and just here and there or finally setting up a Bible study with them after some time, you know, that, that can be effective. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that door knocking does not work. It does, and so people still do it in, in, in many places. Um, but friendship evangelism, getting to know somebody and sharing the gospel with them that way has shown to be effective. And, and so let's, let's think about this year, one person to bring to, to Jesus Christ. And imagine if every single one of us did that, by the way, and, and the, the rejoicing that would go on in heaven. And that's what we want. We want people who are lost to be found. And that's, that's, that's the Great Commission. Go into all the world. So let's do that in 2024. Uh, number four, don't miss worship or Bible class. Don't miss worship or Bible class. And I know I'm not trying to sound like pushy here or anything like that. I just want each of us to, to set a goal that when the doors are open for the church to meet, let's be here. Let's be here to worship and study the Bible together. I can't imagine what's more important for us to do than worshiping God together, what we're doing right now, and then studying his word in Bible class. Now, I know that people are inevitably, they're going to get sick. People are going to be out of town, and so you may not always be here. But so far as it depends on each of us, let's commit to being here when we have worship and Bible class, to be with our brothers and sisters in worship, learning about God in Bible class, we're learning more about his word together, encouraging one another too, by the way. In the book of Hebrews chapter 10, we, we know this passage, uh, but the Hebrews writer has talked a, a long time in this book up to this point about how Jesus Christ is superior and, and that he's the, the uh, sufficient sacrifice. And he gets to some application and he says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Evidently, some were making a habit of missing out when the church was assembling together. They, they, they were making it a habit of, of not coming together when the church was coming together. And he says, don't, don't, let's not do that. Let's not make that a habit. Again, there will be times when we're not able to be here just because of sickness and being out of town and, and other things going on. But let's not make it a habit, as some were here, as is the habit of some, he says. But notice what else he's saying here. If we're not gathering together, how can we stimulate one another to love and good deeds? How can we encourage one another if we're not here? Right? If, if it's kind of a, a sporadic thing or if it's we're not coming to worship or, or Bible, how can we encourage one another to love and good deeds, to push one another in that direction? And so it's important for us to gather together, number one, to glorify God. That's the most important thing. And we see example after example after example of the early church worshiping together. And we should follow that example because we want to please the Lord and we want to honor him and glorify him in worship, but also what benefit do we get out of it when we are doing that, when we're glorifying God 
we are, we're encouraging one another through song. We're learning about the word and we're learning through songs. I, this is so good for us too. And so let's try this year in 2024 to not miss worship or Bible class. Let's be here when we have the doors open. <clears throat> Fifthly, and this is kind of a, an extension of this one. Number five, be involved with as many church activities as possible. Be involved with as many church activities as possible. I love the picture of the early church in Acts chapter 2. And Peter's preached a sermon and 3,000 people were baptized. And what we see immediately after this is that the church was devoting themselves to several things. But one of the things they were devoting themselves to, they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They're devoting themselves to fellowship. And if we keep reading, they're, they're in each other's homes. They're with each other day by day. It's not just getting together for worship and Bible class. They're getting together day by day. They're meeting together in each other's homes. They're dedicated to fellowshipping. And that's why we have a lot of the events that we, we have. Because we want to fellowship with one another. We, we want to get to know one another better. And the stronger our relationships are, the better we can be for one another and, and for the Lord. And so... Let's commit this year to be involved with as many church activities as possible. Men, when we have a men's breakfast, let's be here. Women, when, when we have the, the secret sisters thing, let, let, let's, let's be involved with that. When we've got fellowship meals, let's stay and let's be a part to get to know one another. When we've got, you know, things that we just did like Christmas caroling and other service activities, let's be a part of those things together. Be involved with as many church activities as possible. Youth group, be involved with the youth activities we've got going on. And so many other things. We have the young adult events going on as well. The, young, uh, the, the adults night outs that we've got going on. Let's be involved with these things. Be dedicated to fellowshipping with one another. And let's invite each other into one another's homes. Have that hospitality, inviting one another and encouraging one another and getting to know one another. So that's number five. Be involved with as many church activities as possible. Number six, engage in acts of service regularly. Engage in acts of service regularly. I referenced this uh, verse in a, a, the Devo Thoughts a couple of Wednesday nights ago, but Galatians 6, verse 9 and 10 says this, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. And we could reference many other verses. Jesus tells us that true greatness is really found in serving other people. And so on and so forth. Jesus modeled service. Service is clearly very important for us as Christians. Doing good things for, for our brethren. Doing good deeds for those who, who are, are not our brethren. Doing good to all, but especially to our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And so in 2024... Let's make it a habit to be engaging in acts of service, doing good deeds for other people. And what will help with this is if you maybe just sit down with your family or by yourself and just brainstorm some things that you can do. Maybe it's going to visit some shut-ins. Maybe it's going to visit some people who are in the hospital. Maybe it's gathering some supplies for people who are needy and, and, and delivering those things. There, there's so many things that we can do. But sit down, map it out, and think, Okay, we're going to do this once a month. One service activity with our family every month. Or we're going to do something every couple of weeks just to help somebody out. 
We're going to go visit somebody who's in need. We're going to go help with Meals on Wheels this week, or we're, we're going to go whatever it may be. Let's engage in acts of service regularly. And you know what happens when you start engaging in acts of service? Doors open for you to share the gospel with people. And I found that when we do these food box giveaways on Wednesdays, uh, we do it once a month with a servant's love who does the food giveaway. Uh, David and I and Blaine would go over there and we would help them out with that food giveaway. And you see so many people who don't know God or who believe in God but are not very strong in their faith. And we have opportunities to talk to them and just give them the, the food that they're in need of. And, and it's building those connections. And so when we engage in acts of service, doors open up where we can share the gospel with people. And that's, again, that's, that's what we want, to share the gospel with people and hope, hope that they will come to believe in Jesus Christ and become disciples. So engage in acts of service regularly. Paul says, while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all and especially to those of the household of faith. So the six are about to pop up on the screen here. These are the six resolutions for 2023. Read the Bible every day. Pray every day. Bring one lost soul to Christ. Don't miss worship or Bible class. Be involved with as many church activities as possible. And engage in acts of service regularly. Let me tell you something, folks. If you do these six things, there is no doubt that you will grow. There is no doubt that your faith will be stronger in 2024. There's no doubt that you will be a better servant of the Lord in 2024 if you put these things into practice. Here's the thing. It doesn't come easy. Like, it's not just going to happen. It takes effort. And we've got to be willing to put in the effort to make these things happen. And so, I'm, I'm telling you, though, if we do these things, we will grow. And don't you want to grow? Don't you want to, to be better every day? I, I hope you do. And I hope that th these things will help you in 2024. I really do hope everybody has a great year in 2024. I know that 2023 has been a tough year for a lot of people. And unfortunately, 2024 will probably be a tough year for some people who are in this room tonight. But we're here for you, and we love you, and we're here to serve you. And we want to help any way that we can. But we really do hope that God blesses you and that you have a great year in 2024. But let us know if you need anything uh, because we want, to, we want to help in any way that we possibly can. Tonight, maybe you uh, felt that you need to grow more. And if you want to come forward and, and ask for prayers, we'd, we'd love for you to do that. If you want to give your life to Christ tonight, it's a, it's a great way to end the year. I'd, I'd say the best way to end the year. But let's all determine in 2024 to be better in 2024 than we were in this year. If you have any need tonight, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.